We've got another full slate of games to look forward to, and luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus... They have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave the house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to DraftKings and check out their app along with all of their daily fantasy contests. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI, the letters SI, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 dollars only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Exec and Fabs coming to you. A little bit more off-season work going on. Mike, what's up with you, my man? Oh, man, it, it never ends. The work never ends. You got the dynasty rankings up there. We're going to talk a little mock draft. You got all kinds of rumors going on around the National Football League. I think we're exactly one month away from the start of free agency. So these next few weeks are going to be a lot of fun, a lot of speculation. No doubt. Free agency is obviously when a lot of things get moving and shaking and we start to put the pieces to the puzzle again. And then we get the draft. And really, by the time you get to May, Mike, we can almost go back into it and start drafting with full confidence. Right, exactly, because you know exactly who's who. You look, you have a look at the depth charts and how they're kind of breaking up. There's a lot of teams, though, man. Like, there's some question marks out there. Like, I was talking about uh, the Colts quarterback situation. If they don't acquire Carson Wentz and Albert Breer is suggesting that the Bears might be the front runners, I don't know where they're going for a quarterback, man. I mean, they may have to dip into the free agency pool, which is not that deep, maybe Jameis Winston, or if they decide to make a trade that doesn't involve Wentz, could it be Sam Darnold? Colts, they 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 are in need of a quarterback badly because they're a team that's right on the cusp of really competing in the AFC. If you were the coach, would you trade Darius Leonard for Russell Wilson? <laughs> yes. <It's hard. laughs> and Darius Leonard's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I said, I mean, did I say Darius Wilson? Or, or, no, Darius Dar- Leonard. Okay, yeah. yeah, my bad. Okay, yeah. Darius Leonard is is a tremendous linebacker. But, dude, Russell Wilson, early 30s, it, it's hard to find a quarterback of his caliber in the league, man. Same question. Chase Young, Russell Wilson. ha. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I, Chase Young is Phenomenal. so talented. Yeah. I don't know that I could do that deal. Because of the quarterback, right? The quarterback's a tough spot to fill. Yeah. But but 
Chase Young could end See, up I'm being one of the elite defenders in this league deal. for a long time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I would do that deal. Yeah. I think the Seahawks would be like, well, think about it, you know, but, you know, but I don't know. I find it interesting just hearing some of the names that have been floating around when it comes to the Russell Wilson thing. Um, But ultimately, I think Russ ends up. You think there's any smoke? You think where there's smoke, there's fire with this Russell Wilson thing? I don't think he's going anywhere, at least not for 2021. Who knows what the future holds? The player in Seattle that now appears to be more of a 50-50 shot to return, and I thought he'd be back, is Chris Carson. Yes, they're talking about maybe bringing back at least the rumors are Mike Davis maybe coming back and forming a, a sort of committee there in Seattle okay. with Rashad Penny and Carson. He made he didn't make seven hundred thousand dollars last season. I mean he was he was very very inexpensive. To be a running back, you got to get paid more than you got to make a million dollars to be a running Jets back, bro. Could be interested, right? Miami could potentially be interested. There's some teams out there that need some help at the running back position that could be in the market. Atlanta, although I'd still like to see Aaron Jones end up with the Falcons. That'd be a best case scenario. But suddenly a guy that I thought was going to stay right where he is because Seattle is so dedicated, at least in what they've said lately, to running the football. Chris Carson's their best back by a mile. By a mile. What do you think about DJ Dallas? He didn't really impress me. The yards per carry average wasn't all that great. I feel like he's more of a committee back than anything else. Then if if Carson is ultimately gone, they would probably try and lean on Rashad Penny and they'd bring somebody else okay. off a of free agency. At least that's what I would think. That's the direction that the Seahawks would go. All right, so over the course of the offseason, the staff over here at SI Fantasy over at SI.com, we've already banged out two mock drafts. So I want to get into the second one. Obviously, the first round we talked about and discussed on the first one. So for this one, Mike, I want to start talking about some of these players that go that went in the second round and get some of your opinions. And we'll start with the guy that you mentioned earlier, our buddy Casey, Casey Olson, who does all the great work betting with the United Fighting Championship with the UFC, the MMA guy. He's a beast in that stuff. Yep. He um with the first pick of round number two. Casey took Aaron Jones running back currently of the Green Bay Packers. You just mentioned the Atlanta Falcons as a possible landing spot for one Mr. Aaron Jones. Yeah, Jones is, he's likely going to be selected right around that turn. Uh, he was a, a first round pick in our first mock draft and now just outside of the first round here. Regardless, if he stays in Green Bay, he's going to be a top 15 pick. If he goes to Atlanta, he's potentially moving back up into the first round depending on what happens, because Green Bay's got sort of a logjam, right? Jamal Williams is a free agent, but you've got A.J. Dillon in the mix there too. And I'm sure there was a lot of eyes opened when he had that huge game against the Tennessee Titans during the course of the regular season, late in the season. But Jones is certainly going to be a top 50 pick regardless of where he ends up. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. What I find interesting is the next pick, and it was your pick with the second pick, uh, the second pick of the second round at two fourteen. You took Austin Eckler. I'm an Austin Eckler guy. I know you're an Austin Eckler guy. Um, Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers running back gets a full season hopefully next year with Justin Herbert when he's healthy and on the field. This past season, Mike, he was excellent. He's one of your boys. I know you guys shoot a couple DMs throughout the course of the season. I would took I would have took Eckler over Jones, but I am a big, big um Austin Eckler fan, and I think that he's a guy that's definitely going to be an asset in fantasy in twenty twenty one. No question. And in our initial mock, he went later in the second round. So 
the the stock has risen, at least in the eyes of myself and, of course, you as well. But still a young guy. He'll be, I believe, 26 when next season starts. Pass-catching phenom with a quarterback phenom under center. That offense should continue to light up the scoreboard. And really, the only question for me when it pertains to Eckler is, can he stay out there for 16 games? That's going to be the most important thing because when he's out there, he gets a ton of work, Mike, and I really like him. I think, listen, if I would have had him for the full season this year and couple that with Will Fuller going out late in the season, I think my NFBC team, my NFFC team would have got home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, but it didn't. Injuries are always a part of uh, the National Football League and fantasy football, of course. And Eckler, uh, who the previous season was just dynamite. He was just tremendous in that season with with Melvin Gordon, if you remember back uh, a couple of seasons ago. He'll still be the lead the lead back in that offense and a, a very important part of that offense for the new Chargers regime. Coming up next, 215, our guy Bill Enright. He selects DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals. It's interesting to see D-Hop in the second round of a fantasy draft. Yeah, I, he'll probably be end of the first, beginning of the second, across the board. Yeah, he had a very good season. He wasn't as good as, say, Stephon Diggs. For example, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill were, were unbelievably productive, of course, this past season. But Nuke is still going to give you strong numbers across the board in an offense that's conducive to quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, scoring fantasy points under Cliff Kingsbury uh, with Kyler Murray under center. Uh, these two guys now have a full year together, uh, so the rapport is there. Uh, Nuke is uh, he is certainly a top five wide receiver heading into 2021, and that's kind of where he's been for a while. What do you think the ceiling of his quarterback is? From a fantasy standpoint? NFL standpoint. Is he a champion before he, before he retires? Arizona's got some work to do. They've got to they've got to build on the defensive side of the football, and I don't know that he's going to win a title. That, is he going to be healthy enough to be consistent that, fantasy wise year after year? That division number one is tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. just that division is tough. I mean, let's not even talk about the NFC. That division itself is tough. But yeah, I mean, mobile quarterbacks like Kyler, and he's not a big dude, not a big dude at all. Yeah. Injuries That's what I issue. worry about. They, right. And, and he did deal with a few injuries. Ultimately, he didn't keep him out of games for the most part. Yeah. Uh, he had to leave. He had to leave a game or two due to an injury. But yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly something that will be problematic. And boy, if, if they ever lost Murray for any extended period of time, that offense would just be absolutely in the <laughs> in the they dumps, get man. A, they got to they, they got to get a running back. Let me ask you this. If if um. Is he the second best quarterback in that division, Kyler Murray? From a fantasy standpoint, he's the number one quarterback in the division. I would probably have to put him behind Russell Wilson, though. Okay, but but so Russell Wilson won. from an NFL standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, he's the one. Okay, interesting. Um, but you like at at it's the, at this point in his career, he's better than Stafford. You know what I'm saying? Fantasy wise, yes. he's better than Wilson. Yes. No, and question. then uh, so on and so forth. Um. Next up with Stephon Diggs, you know, Mike, I I, I wasn't uh, in, at two sixteen. Stephon Diggs goes. I didn't buy into Diggs. I didn't have not one share of Diggs mm-hmm. this past season. I think that was a mistake. I'm going to be going to the Stephon Diggs well this next year. But this is right around the time where you should see him be going right, like in that in that DeAndre Hopkins type range right, right there, right, right, right around that turn. That's where he's going to go. I mean, some folks out there who love Diggs, maybe he helped uh, lead them to a championship. Yeah. Maybe they got a soft spot for him. He'll go at the end of round one. 
I had some shares of Diggs, and I did very well in those leagues, including the Kings Classic, where he and Josh Allen uh, mounted a massive comeback for me against Mike Clay right. and <laughs> to win that championship. So I certainly have a soft spot for Stephon Diggs, but unbelievable to think that he is the first Bills wide receiver to lead the NFL in receiving yards. Imagine that. I mean, they've had some pretty good wide receivers. You you go back Eric to Mold. Eric Mould, Andre Reid. I mean, I guess I could throw Peerless Price in there, but uh, they. They right well, Tio right. He was the a Buffalo end, towards though. like the end yeah. of his career, but Diggs was was tremendous. I, I do think you have to worry about regression a little bit in the reception and yardage totals. Those are going to be tough to duplicate. But overall, with Josh Allen slinging it to him, uh, those two ended up being a very nice fantasy combo. James Robinson came out of no year, not out of nowhere last year, and became one of the top running backs in fantasy football for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville should have boy won the sunshine as their starting quarterback this year, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, as he gets ready. He's already thrown. He's gotten, went and got the social surgery, but we know he's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. But let's talk about what James Robinson could do in this backfield as a repeat to his rookie campaign. Yeah, he was great. And what's amazing is that in a season where we saw a lot of really good rookie running backs, one of the best wasn't even picked by an NFL team. I mean, this guy was an undrafted free agent for the Jaguars out of Illinois State. End up, he would have been the number one rookie running back in fantasy football had he not missed the last couple of games due to injuries. Ultimately, it was Jonathan Taylor, but uh, Robinson was right there, finished as the RB7. And there are going to be some folks out there that are thinking, was that just a fluke? I mean, this guy came out of nowhere. He had a huge workload because the Jaguars had nobody else. Their quarterback position was garbage all season long. And so is that an argument to be made in terms of Robinson maybe taking a step back? Sure. But I can also make an argument that with Trevor Lawrence under center, he's going to have maybe an easier time running the football because defenses are going to have to be a little more honest with the rookie. I mean, unless he completely flops, which I don't see that happening at all. And he's going to end up being, if you draft a wide receiver in the first round, he'll probably be your RB1. If you go RB, RB, uh, then you can get him as an RB2. And he's not going to make it out of the second round in most drafts. Would you go RB, RB? Would you be, would you be comfortable with him as your RB1? You don't draft wide receivers in the first round, do you? No, I, typically I don't. Uh, yeah, James Robinson would almost never be my RB1 because that's just not the way that I roll. Uh, I, I'd i love to have him as a high RB2. But yeah. in a worst case, for, yeah, for me, it's just never going to happen. Like, yeah. even, You're going to start like a Zeke, like Devontae, a, a Zeke like, Robinson. Right. I mean, like, you know, if I'm there eighth overall and Devontae Adams is there and I'm like, damn, man, I got to think about taking him because typically I'm going to go running back. So, yeah, in a scenario like that, I'd probably feel comfortable doing it, getting that that elite number one wide receiver. But for the most part, Robinson would end up being an RB2 for me. Calvin Ridley had the breakout season this year, overtaking Julio Jones as a top fantasy option for the Atlanta Falcons and that wide receiver core. He is up to the middle of the second round now. I think we all saw this coming, the Calvin Ridley fantasy takeover. And here it is playing out right here as we get into some early ADP and some early drafts. Mike, Calvin Ridley was phenomenal last year. Very good. Obviously, Julio still in the mix. But what I worry about is Matt Ryan coming up this se- this upcoming season. That's what that's what scares me. But Calvin Ridley is an ex- is a, is a extremely talented young player. Yeah, finished fifth in fantasy points among wide receivers. Had a career campaign. Finally over 1,000 yards. Well over. He was at 1374. Had nine touchdowns. And he's now clearly the number one fantasy wide receiver in Atlanta ahead of Julio Jones, who just could not avoid uh, those those lower leg injuries, uh, and that's been an issue for Julio, and that's why he fell in this mock draft all the way down to 
round three. But, you know, when you talk about Ryan, I feel a little bit more optimistic about him because of Arthur Smith, about what he was able to do with Ryan Tannehill and the production that that Tannehill had during his time uh, in Tennessee under Smith. And that's why Tannehill's value might be maybe not declining, but a little in question because now you've got some new components there in Tennessee and Arthur Smith is no longer calling the shots. But I think that's a good move for Matt Ryan. And ultimately, Ryan is still going to get the ball to his wide receivers. His value has fallen without question. He's probably uh, a high-end QB2 at this point uh, at best. But the wide receivers are still getting their due. I mean, it's the same thing like in in L.A., right? Yep. Jared Goff's not a good quarterback. He had that one big year. He's not good. Robert Woods was still really good this past season. And the season before, Cooper Cup was playing at an elite level from a fantasy perspective. So a lot of times, you know, we talk about the quarterbacks. doesn't necessarily mean that the wide receivers around them are going to falter. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you on, on that one. Case in Minnesota, uh, the next pick was Justin Jefferson, rookie wide receiver that came out and had a phenomenal season. He goes at 219 right in the middle of the second round, where I do expect him to go once we get to August and early part of September. Justin Jefferson, listen, this is absolute monster. Shades of Randy Moss with just that great breakout rookie rookie campaign. Kirk Cousins is starting to be a pain in the in the in the you know what for the Minnesota Vikings because they're paying him a ton of money and can't get him to the promised land or even close to the promised land. But what we do for fantasy purposes, Kirk Cousins is just fine, and Justin Jefferson is a star in the making. Yeah, man. Uh, had one of the best rookie campaigns of any wide receiver in the history of the National Football League. I mean, right up there, as you mentioned, with Randy Moss. He was phenomenal. From weeks 3 to 17, he was the he was the wide receiver 4. I mean, that's just that's amazing for a rookie wide receiver. And now, when you look at his, his ADP, and there, there's some early ADP data out there. I mean, he's he is a second round pick locked and loaded. Actually, Ian Ritchie took him in the first round in our initial mock. And in this mock, he ended up going back to Ian this time in the second round. I don't know that I'd be sinking a first round pick into Justin Jefferson, but middle of the second round, end of the second round, that's where you're going to see him going. He's got that unbelievable mix of athleticism and youth. And as you mentioned, Kirk Cousins maybe isn't winning games in the National Football League for Minnesota, but he was certainly a very productive player down the stretch in fantasy football. And uh, I George think Kirk Q- Cousins is 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 fine for the uh, for the value of Jefferson and, and ultimately Adam Thielen, of course. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have no problem with that and the way they, and the way he runs that situation. If I was a Minnesota Viking fan, then it'd be a different story. But for your fantasy yeah, football team, yeah, it, it, it's no problem for me. Uh George Kittle, interesting one right here. It goes to Roy Larkin. Obviously, we've heard the rumors of Deshaun Watson may want to join the San Francisco 49er team. We don't feel as if Gucci Garoppolo will be the quarterback, but George Kittle, regardless of the situation, might just still have his value. I wouldn't go tight end this early, though. Yeah, no, I don't do that either. Like, Travis Kelsey is a great player. I'll never get him. I'll never have him. I, I've had so few leagues with Travis Kelsey. I just, I'm never going to get him because especially now he's going in the first round. It's just, I can't do it. And Kittle going in the second round, I mean, not that he doesn't belong there. He was on pace for over 1,200 yards uh, based on the numbers in the games that he played. Of course, he missed uh, about half the season. But still a very talented player and a a guy who wasn't that far off from Travis Kelsey just a season ago. Remember, they averaged the same number of fantasy points per game in 2019, and Kelsey just went bananas this past season. So, And you could also make an argument for Darren Waller being the number two tight end. And here to Roy, he went. Uh, he went with Kittle ahead of Waller. Waller ultimately went in the next round, just a few picks after. Let me ask you this. With the 
Say they do bring a big-time quarterback in. Obviously, Kittle's still going to get his work. But they got playmakers on the outside with Samuels and Iuk. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You think that they can start featuring those guys more, or you still think the passing game kind of funnels through George Kittle? Uh, Kittle's going to see his share of the targets. But, yeah, that that is a question that I feel like we need to answer, and we need to dig a little bit deeper into the data about that too because Kittle was out for a lot of the season. Yep. And Ayuk had a stretch where he was bananas good. He was a top five wide receiver. It was about a five or six game stretch. And, you know, Debo's just a super talented guy, uh, really terrific after the catch, very strong player, but he, he's, hasn't, he hasn't avoided injuries. So if you've got Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo all out there healthy at the same time, somebody's target share is going to take a hit. Yep. You're going to have to figure out who that's going to be. Up next, our guy, Ben Heisler, Oakland, I mean, Las Vegas Raider, running back Josh, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. I, you, know, yo, you know what's so crazy, Mike? John Madden was calling the was calling the Baltimore Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, the Baltimore Colts until he retired. No, no, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that, dude. I still hear people. I think Al Michaels still might call the Las Vegas Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, or maybe the LA yeah. Chargers, the San Diego Chargers. I mean, sometimes you get mixed up. What's going to be funny is like, Washington is going to have a new name. Yeah. So this would be their third name in three years. So I wonder if the people out there who still call them the Redskins are going to goof and call them the football team when they'll be called something <laughs> else here in 2021, right? They don't know. Nobody knows what the name is. But Josh Jacobs, listen, he doesn't – Mike, the, the, the best part about Josh Jacobs, he's a starting running back that don't have nobody in the backfield with him. Right. And he was the RB8. Like, and it's people were – disappointed because he didn't catch enough passes. We all thought he would be more of a pass catcher. I mean, ultimately he had more than he did in his rookie campaign, but it wasn't much more. I thought he'd have 40 or 50 and it didn't get there, but he was still the RBA. Yep. And he's like you said, there's nobody in that backfield that's going to take touches away from him. I believe Devonte Booker's a free agent. Uh, not that that is going to put a big dent into his touches regardless, but I mean, Jacobs is it, he's a second round pick and I, I could, I can obviously ob- see him be an RB one for somebody who goes wide receiver in the first round and anybody who argues with that, just look at the numbers. There were seven running backs better than him this past season. Seven. That's pretty strong. Keenan Allen was the next selection. He goes to, to me. I took Keenan Allen at the back end of round number two. Keenan Allen, obviously, uh, cooked up very well with Justin Herbert yeah, he this did. year. Last year, he was a draft day steal. Last season, this year, he kind of slides back to around that spot where he should be. Herbert and Allen, I don't think you can go wrong with that one. Allen's back in wide receiver one conversation. Yeah, the target share was incredible. Yeah, I mean, we he, like that. Herbert had tunnel vision for Keenan Allen. Now, did the Chargers bring in some more wide receiver help? I, I would think maybe they're going to potentially do that through free agency or the draft. Time will tell, but regardless... Keenan Allen's going to be the top target for Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert was the fifth overall quarterback selected in this draft for the second time. We've done two of these drafts. He was the fifth quarterback in both drafts. And there's a lot of really intelligent football minds in this draft uh, over at SI. And so that that should tell you something, folks. Herbert Herbert is – he's a stud. Herbert or Hurts? No, I'm going Herbert. Roll over Hurts, so yes, I, and I and I like Hurts a lot. Yeah, that's I, your guy. Her, I, I'm going her. I'm going Herbert for, without question. I think I would agree with you on that one. Uh, up next, our buddy Scott Atkins. He takes DeAndre Swift, Detroit Lions running back. Now he gets listen. The Swift gets Staley. He gets Deuce Staley, and he gets Anthony Lynn. Yeah, man, that's that's, that's good that's for a running back. And they're talking about utilizing him more. And 
remember there was five games, I believe, where he had 15 plus touches last season and he had an average of over 20 points in those games. Get him the football. Get him the football. He can catch the ball out of the backfield too, which is good because the Lions are going to be playing in negative game scripts a lot, I think, next season. Yes, they will. <laughs> right? Between the defense and Jared Goff, I mean, and the turnovers that he's going to uh, very likely commit, geez Louise, but I like Swift a lot. He, he has certainly moved up. He was on my fantasy man crush list, a guy that I think could end up busting out big time, showed some flashes of potential as a rookie, and assuming Adrian Peterson is gone, I really feel like that that featured role is all his. If Peterson remains, I don't know that it would make me drop Swift at all in my rankings, but I could still see a game or two or three where Peterson yeah. steals some goal line opportunities or maybe gets a few more touches than we all anticipated during the course of the regular season. But ultimately, Swift is is the future of the Lions, and hopefully he doesn't go the way of so many other early round Lions running backs since Barry Sanders, right? Like Javid Best. Javid I mean, Best is the one that Kevin Smith, jumps Kevin yep. Jones. Like there's Amir been a Abdullah. lot of these guys. Amir, Amir Abdullah, Abdullah, right? There's yep. been a lot of dudes. And, and I think he'll be better than than a lot of those players. Yeah, I think DeAndre Swift has the has the pedigree, and I think he's going to be good. And, Mike, we finish off the, the second round of this second mock draft with probably the guy that was the biggest faller and the biggest disappointment. But no then again, when you see him go to Sean Childs, you think to yourself, my God, it feels like Sean Childs may hit a home run. I'm glad we don't have to play this thing out. But Michael Thomas goes 224 to Mighty Have Fallen. I saw drafts last year, Mike, where Michael Thomas was going 1-1. Yeah, now insane. he's at the end of the second round. Yeah, and it, maybe maybe one of the biggest fantasy disappointments in the last decade. Like, think yeah. about it. Like there, no one, no one saw this coming. No, nah, and uh-uh. I know that the reports came out that he wasn't one hundred percent and he was playing hurt. Yeah, but he also punched a teammate and got suspended for a game. And when he played, he wasn't all that good. I mean, he yeah. averaged under twelve points a game. Some of it was discipline as well, right, Mike. Right, but but the big question mark here is who the quarterback is going to be in New Orleans. I mean, is it going to be Taysom Hill? Michael Thomas wasn't bad with Taysom Hill under anybody. He certainly wasn't a top ten wide receiver. He yeah. didn't score a touchdown. And you know, if they if they retain Jameis and they go in that direction, that that to me would make Thomas more attractive from a fantasy standpoint. But there's a lot of question marks, man. In in, in New Orleans, like as good as of a team as as they've had over the last few seasons, and as much success as they had in the stat sheets from a fantasy perspective, there's a lot of dude. If Taysom Hill's the quarterback, do we drop Alvin Kamara down a few spots? How far does Michael Thomas fall? If Jameis Winston's the quarterback, how much does that impact Thomas as a as a potential number one fantasy receiver? A lot of question marks in New Orleans, and their cap situation is not good. I was speaking with somebody, Mike. I don't remember if it was you or not, but I feel like I was. I, I feel I, I don't. I don't think it was. I think you'd mentioned it if, if, if we uh if it was you. Um, I believe that I heard that Albert Breer may have been on radio in Boston somewhere, and said that the Patriots are interested in Michael Thomas. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Wait, it's like a I mean, Patriot thing, right? He goes there, and he's now he's Antonio Brown. He leaves the league in receptions though. again. They don't. They don't have a quarterback. That's one thing too. Like think think about that. Okay, the quarterback position is obviously the most important position in the National Football League. Uh, that's that's without question. You've got teams like the Colts, like the Washington yeah. Football Team, or whatever they're going to be called in twenty twenty one. The Saints, there are several teams out there that right now their quarterback position is a big question mark and it might not get better 
you look at the free agent quarterbacks out there, we're not talking about the creme de la creme. Nope. Right? You're talking about Jameis Winston. You're talking about Cam Newton, who can't throw anymore. Right? You're there's just not Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the more attractive guys. And I love Fitzpatrick. So if Fitz he magic. ends up somewhere as a starter, I'm gonna be rooting for him. I love yeah, he'll be on I your love bench. the honest right. <laughs> but there's not much out there, Corey, right? So unless you're in a position to draft one of these top quarterbacks, and and I don't even know if I'd put Mac Jones in that conversation. I don't know if Mac Jones is is NFL ready as See, a rookie. I, I, I think Mac Jones is better than Tua. Well, he's gonna have an opportunity to prove that. Yeah, he will. <laughs> but but think about it. The, the teams that don't have a quarterback right now, like if Chicago can't trade for Wentz, then ultimately they could bring back Trubisky. But that's not that's not kind of what they want. I mean, Trubisky's yeah. proven he's not a winner in the NFL. So there's going to be some. I really hope the Colts get the job done at the quarterback spot, and they get Wentz. I don't know. Do they sign Jameis if they don't get Wentz? Do they trade for Sam Darnold? I mean, even Sam Darnold, like. We all talk about how he got Adam Gase, which ultimately might be true, and the Jets didn't give him much, much we in terms of the weapons. Yeah, but, but we don't know. But we don't know. Yeah. So there's going right. to be some teams out there, man, with the quarterback position. You're going to be thinking, if Sam Donald's the quarterback in Indianapolis, does it hurt Jonathan Taylor's value at all? I mean, maybe so not. I- maybe not, but there's a lot of quarterback there, There's a lot of quarterback questions right now, and there's, there's going to be a domino effect. In terms of ultimately who is or isn't starting for some of these teams. So let me ask you, and this is why this is why the Carolina thing is so funny to me. It's like it's nobody out there and you don't want Bridgewater. It's like I know, I know. Bridgewater dude. If Bridgewater hits the market, he's gonna get scooped up. Yeah, he is. Well, Carolina, I think they they'd like to get Watson. They were in on Stafford. Yeah. I, I just don't think they see Bridgewater as a guy who can get them to the next level. And uh-huh. and they want to they want to be a playoff team who's going to contend in the AFC in the NFC South, and I just obviously they don't they don't think Bridgewater is that guy. Yeah. But ultimately, if Bridgewater is the quarterback in Carolina, it's not like the Panthers are in a horrible shape. Robbie yeah. Anderson had a pretty good season. McCaffrey's going to be great. You know, DJ Moore was a bit up and down. Curtis Samuel was really good. He's a free agent, and I'm going to be doing a one round based on the first round picks in the actual NFL NFL draft. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a fantasy style mock, so there's not going to be any defensive players that I'm going to draft because, sorry, IDP leaguers, it's just you know, not, it's all good. Uh, yeah, not not that not that uh, not that impressive in terms of the numbers of people playing in IDP leagues. Uh, I've had fun playing with them. Obviously, it's an offensive it's an offensive hobby. Yeah, uh, no fantasy doubt. Football. So all of my picks are going to be offensive skill position players and offensive linemen because offensive linemen ultimately are going to help the guys that we are rooting for to score fantasy points for our teams. And I have Kyle Pitts going to the Panthers. I love that pick right there. Kyle Pitts is a player. Yeah, dude. I mean, this kid could – and I don't know if he's going to make a huge impact as a rookie because most rookie tight ends don't come out and make a big impact, but he's good. Like long-term, he could be a very, very good fantasy player, like an elite fantasy tight end. So look for that. That'll be on SI uh, on Friday. Okay. I'm going to be putting that together today. But, yeah, it's weird about Bridgewater, right? Like there's so many other teams that have – such a greater need at quarterback to hear Carolina is in there. And, and like I have in my wish list, I was like, well, how about Darnold going there? He'd be reunited with that Robbie Anderson. He'd have DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Joe Brady. Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator, Matt Rule getting the job done. That Mike, might before, be that might be a, a best case scenario for Darnold. Mike, before we get out of here, this is the first time that we actually doing this joint and is is on the video chat with yep. Zencaster, the the software. 
And I, I, my, I've been fixated, and I have to know that picture that's behind you, underneath the, the WWE belt. Who is in that picture? Uh, it's myself, Akbar Bajabi Amila, and uh, Steve Mariucci. Oh, okay, 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 Mooch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nice. that's my guy, man. Those, those are my guys. Uh, two of the guys I miss the most from uh, from NFL Network. Yeah, we uh, that was that was a while ago too. That that, that photo was from a year uh, from years ago. Actually, Mooch has that same photo in his locker at uh, at the network. There you go, right there. So shout out to my man Steve Mariucci, and uh, he's the the original guy that tried to figure out what the hell was wrong with Terrell Owens. All right, for my man Michael Fabiano, <laughs> Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive SI Fantasy Podcast. We, my good friends, are out.